Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss At The Movies, which starts next week. It is going to be absolutely spectacular. It's my favorite series that we do all year long, and we do this every year. What we're going to do is take a different blockbuster hit every week, and we're going to unpack biblical truths for our everyday lives. I'm just telling you, don't miss a single week. Bring as many friends as you possibly can. And uh, there's going to be some exciting movies. I, I can't tell you. It's a, I don't want to spoil everything for you. But one of the things I'm super stoked about is the fact that we're also doing this for movement kids as well. We're calling it Kid Flicks. Different movies. Thank you, Megan. Nobody else cares about the children of the movement church. We're starting off with Poltergeist right into Hellraiser. They're going to love it. Oh, I got your attention now. No, it's going to be awesome. And and no, it's going to be absolutely spectacular. So here in with our adults in this sanctuary and then at Movement Kids. And then also in between services, before and after, we'll have different characters here. And uh, we've got Batman, where's Rachel? We've got Rapunzel. And uh, the first and second service laughed a lot harder than you guys did. But uh, I've heard we've got The Incredibles coming, Wreck-It Ralph. And uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So you'll want to take photos and everything. But what I'm most stoked about We've been doing this series again every year for seven years, and I've been trying to work in one of my favorite, all-time favorite movies in, and we finally got to make it happen this year. So starting next week, week one, we are doing At The Movies with Back To The Future, and it is going to be amazing. And here's the best part. We're going to have a legit DeLorean that is like tricked out like you don't need the flux capacitor, everything you can get in it, take photos with it. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have popcorn and candy. It's a movie going experience in church. It's going to be spectacular. Bring everyone you know. I cannot wait at the movie starting next week. Well, listen, let's, let's dive into today. For those of you that are new, my name is Carrie, and uh, my wife and I, the, the beautiful woman who was just up here with me a minute ago, we're some of the pastors here at the Movement Church, and I just want to say what an honor it is that you would celebrate this anniversary with us, and especially if this is your first time here, maybe you don't even really care that it's our anniversary, but I, I just want to tell you that there's an awesome opportunity that happens when, when you cross the threshold of an anniversary. In fact, I would encourage you to make this a big deal in your life, whether it's a marriage anniversary or maybe you, you, you graduated your junior year of high school, you made it to your senior year, or you graduated college. All those represent anniversaries. It's a pillar or a monument in our life. And here's what we do. We celebrate the goodness and the greatness of the things that God has done. Listen, it's easy to find all the negative things. It doesn't take any work to be critical and look back at the things that are frustrating and discouraging, but I wanna challenge you to look back and go, wait, God has been faithful. But then we go, all right, I'm gonna look to the future, make some adjustments so that I can grow forward. Everyone say, grow forward. I, I don't wanna go into the next year the same way that I went into last year. I wanna grow forward. And I believe, for all of us in this room today, that it's time. In fact, that's the title of my message, It's Time. Everyone say, it's time. Say it like you mean it. Say, it's time. I believe it's time. In fact, you can follow along with me by texting the word notes to the number on the screen. Those are my notes for you to cruise through the Bible verses, and some of our points will be on there. But 
I believe at the core of who I am that you are here today because God wants you to know it's time. Hey, even if you're not sure what it is that you believe, I want to encourage you, permission to belong before you believe. I've always dreamt of being a part of a church where people who are madly in love with Jesus and people who weren't sure if they believed in Jesus could come together on a Sunday morning. And I think anytime we gather, that kind of thing is happening. But here's what I can tell you. As a church, we'll always point you towards Jesus. And I believe it's time. It's time for you, not your neighbor, not the person who brought you, not your husband or your wife, not your parents, not the people you're sitting next to, but it's time to step up. It's time to change. It's time to become the person you've always dreamt and believed you would become. It's time to begin, to start something brand new. It's time to believe. Listen, no more delay, no more excuses. It's time. I was reading in the Bible in 2 Corinthians this week, and I, I, this is kind of the linchpin verse for me in this series or in this sermon. And it's found in chapter 6, and I'm reading from the message paraphrase, and it says this Please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life. I love how the writer begins this. Please, like, like he's just kind of begging us, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life that God has given us. I like to make the word personal when I read it. Please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life that God has given me. God reminds us, I heard you call in the nick of time. The day that you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now the right time, it's the right time to listen. The day to be helped, don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. I believe that in this scripture, God is saying, hey, I showed up when you needed me the most. In John 3, 16, we find that God loved us so much that he gave his only son for all of humanity. He's saying, I showed up when you needed me most. I was on time. I paid the highest price for you. When you needed it the most, now it's your turn. It's your turn. It's time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. Turn to your second choice and say, it's time. I want to pray and we'll dive into today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you that you're here in this place. And what I know about church and what I know about how you work and how you operate is that when you show up in a place like this at 1130, that you're up to something big beyond what we could possibly imagine. So God, we lean into you. Believing and expecting you're gonna do not the mundane, not the mediocre, not the normal, but the miraculous. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen and amen. It's time. I'm gonna say that a lot today. It's time. You know, there's some times in our life when the phrase, it's time, are not exciting. Like when you're a kid and your mom or your dad comes to you and say, it's time for bed. No kid likes that phrase, right? That's how you know you cross the threshold from being a child to being an adult. Because how many of you are just like, I can't wait to get into bed tonight. Can I get an amen? Like you're like, is it 7.30? Is that too early to go to bed? Maybe, but maybe 8.30, let's do it, right? How many just love to get into bed at night? Oh, this is amazing, especially when you get like a real adult mattress, like one that's like a good mattress. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody enjoy sleep like I do? Okay, good. Listen, I think another time as kids that we hate the phrase, it's time is when we're outside playing with our friends and our mom says, hey, 
it's time to come inside. Like, no, mom. Or you're hanging out at your friend's house and they come to pick you up, say it's time to go home. When I was a kid, there was no cell phones. My mom would just like show up and you had to leave. It was abrupt, like ripping a Band-Aid off. You know what I'm talking about? I think another time that we hate to hear the phrase, it's time, I don't think any of you have experienced this, but I think death row is a place you don't want to hear the phrase, it's time, right? I think another place, it's okay, you can laugh at that. That was kind of funny. I think another place that we don't want to hear the phrase, it's time, at least for me, is right before a colonoscopy. Anybody in here agree? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's a horrible, you don't want to hear it's time in that doctor's office, right? But here, there are some times where the phrase, it's time, are exciting. Like when you've been waiting for two hours for Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland, it's 187 degrees, and it's finally time to get on the ride. Anybody else love Guardians? Yes, that's why I love you. You're my people. Or when you get the promotion, not the promotion that your boss comes and says, hey, I want to give you a promotion, and you say, do I get a pay raise? They say, no, it's just more responsibility. That's a trick, right? That's not a promotion. But when you get a promotion with a pay raise, anybody else love? That's like, it's time. Or maybe when you sign the paperwork on the house that you've been dreaming of, and you finally saved up enough money to put a down payment, and then they put a stack of 478,000 pieces of paper, right? And you're signing your firstborn child away, your kidney. You don't know what you're signing away, but there's something exciting about it when you get the key or, or maybe when you stand at the altar and you're about to exchange vows. I'll never forget May 25th, 2001. I'm at the altar and I'm, I'm about the canon in D is playing. And then the doors at the back of the sanctuary open up and, and there is Megan Ellingwood Lavorne, soon to be Robinson. Come on. And my, my breath was taken away. I'm not kidding. I'll never forget that moment. And then she walked up to the altar. And I don't remember the ceremony. It was an hour long. It's too long, people. But man, it was like, it's time. Or maybe it's when you get the job you've been praying for. There's times when the phrase, it's time, are exciting. And I, I just want to encourage you in this moment Today, for you, not the person you're seated next to, but for you, it's time to step into your purpose. It's time to step into your destiny. Listen to me. It's time to live the life you were created to live. Here's what I know. In a room like this, there are some people who walked in today haunted by the notion that the life you are living is not the life you're created to live. And I believe it's time. Time to step up, to change, to become, to begin, to believe. Stop wasting time and start taking advantage of it. Yeah. I love what the book of James says. It's in the New Testament. And the writer in chapter four, he says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and it vanishes. If you're old enough to have been alive for a few years, you know how quickly time passes. And I just want to challenge you, quit questioning it. Step up and own your purpose and walk in the fullness of what God created you to do. But listen to me, if it's time, which it is, 
then you need to know in order to step up, to change, to become, you're going to have to let some things go. In order to step up, to believe, to begin, to become, to change, you're going to have to let go of some things that are holding you back. You're going to have to let go of some of the challenges that are behind you. Listen, for some of us in this room, we're going to have to let go of bitterness, let go of unforgiveness. For some of us in this room, we're going to have to let go of some poor choices that we've been making. Listen, I know some of us are hoping desperately to walk in the fullness of the purpose and the destiny I was created for, yet I keep perpetually making stupid choices. And they're holding me back. And for some of us, that's what we need to let go of. I just want to challenge you, too, that I think there's another thing that keeps us from walking in the fullness of the life we are created to live. And, and really, I'd like to pose it in a question. Who have you allowed to write the script of your life? Some of you in this room are playing a character in a movie which someone else wrote. You're playing a character in a movie that someone else wrote, and the script that they wrote is now defining your life. Words that someone spoke to you when you were a child or a teenager. Actions taken against you or to you in your younger years, or maybe for some of you in this room, it was neglect. Things that shouldn't have been done, people who should have been there and they weren't. And now you're allowing that script to shape how you act and how you think, how you believe and how you love. You're allowing that script, that negative script that someone else wrote to shape how you worry and how you fear. And it's beginning to define who you are. I asked some of the people on our team, our drive team and pastoral team and some other leaders. These are some of the men and women who make the movement church awesome. They're, they're heroes of mine. They're people that inspire me that are right now walking and living the life they were created to live. And I just said, hey, what are some negative scripts from your past that still haunts you to this day. And I, I could honestly spend an entire sermon, an entire series unpacking what was sent to me via text in a matter of minutes. I just sat back in a chair on my back porch reading story after story, but only through the lens of a simple sentence. And I was overwhelmed with this feeling of grief and sorrow that I found myself crying. And I... I, I I could spend all day sharing some of these with you, but we don't have the time, but I wanted to share a few. We have one of our key leaders. Her, her mom told her, you'll never be as smart as your brother. You'll never amount to anything, and you're stupid. Imagine the words spoken from someone who's supposed to nurture you. Another was told that she was fat, ugly, and worthless. Another was told that she was too skinny and looked anorexic and was too quiet and never spoke, and that left her feeling invisible and unimportant her whole life. Another was made fun of because of ethnicity and found themselves as the butt of every joke and grew up feeling inferior. And another grew up in an unsafe home and was told to get used to it because this is what marriage is like. Another was told to suck it up, don't cry, act like a man. And he was criticized for getting B's. How many of you are grateful that C's get degrees? Can I get an amen? If I got a B, my parents would have been like, whoo! 
everything. Celebrate. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> have you been seeing a tutor? How did you get bees? I would have been like, I don't know. It's a miracle. <laughs> he, was, he was literally criticized for getting bees in school. And the words weren't spoken, but what was communicated to him, that perfection was the only thing acceptable. And he told me, literally to this day, it still impacts almost every decision I make. Another, it was told that people won't want to deal with your anxiety and mental issues. And she was told, no guy will ever stay with you. Well, I, I think that sometimes the, the negative scripts are written in, with indifference and, and in a lack of action. We have one person on our team who's never heard their mother say, I love you. One of the most fundamental things that is needed from a mom to a child. To think that the negative scripts from our past aren't impacting us would be foolish. We had another young, not young man, he's actually older, and he was told he would not amount to anything successful, actually was told to lower his sights. He wasn't good enough. His whole life he was picked last for sports, and somebody told him his father didn't love him, and that's why he was adopted. What are the negative scripts from your past? How are they shaping the way that you think, speak, work? interact or believe. Look at me. Stop giving them permission to infiltrate your life. You don't have to give them permission to continue writing the script of your life. You don't have to. 2 Corinthians 5 is a reminder of this. The scripture says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new begins. That means that when Jesus is involved, he wants to rip up the negative scripts from our life and say, I've got a new life for you. It's time. And for some of us, it's time to let go. And for others, it's time to take hold. To take hold. What does that mean? Well, listen, let me just encourage you for a moment. You're doing exactly what you need to do to get exactly where you are. You're doing exactly what you need to do to get exactly where you are. And if where you are is not living a life of purpose and destiny right now, then maybe it's time to step up, change, begin, or become. But life needs to look just a little bit different than it currently does. Are you tracking with me? If you're letting go of some negative scripts, then there's some things that we need to take hold of. Like we need to take hold of God's identity for our lives. If you've been allowing the words from other people to shape and define you, listen to me, it's time to allow God's word to shape and define you. I love what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter four, chapter one, verse four, it says this, long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. I like to personalize it. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had me in mind. He had settled on me as the focus of his love. He settled on you as the focus of his love, which means you are the crescendo in his story of creation. You are the crescendo in his story of creation. 
You are the focus of his love. Listen, you are the focus of his love when you're getting all A's. You're the focus of his love when you get the promotion. You're the focus of his love when you get the house. But you're also the focus of his love in your darkest moment. When you say, I don't know if I believe in him, he says, but I still believe in you. That's the way that he works. When your actions and your heart and your thoughts are screaming, screw you to God, he says, man, I love you more now than you could ever know. You're the focus of his love. When the negative script says you're not good enough, you need to remind yourself that he had you in mind when he formed the ocean and the sea and the mountain and the stars. Listen, he chose you before anyone could reject you. That's pretty powerful. I'll say it again because only two of you said something. (laughs) He chose you before anyone could reject you. Thank you. He chose you. Man, what a notion. He chose you. In a world where we fight for affirmation, to be validated, to be appreciated, and we have a God in heaven who says, man, I already chose you. You're on my team if you want to be. And I I choose you. When you feel an absence of love, man, we read Ephesians 3, verse 17 through 19 that says, and I ask this of him, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you will be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, I love this, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. The extra, that you could just know, that you could just understand. Maybe it's why you're here today just to be reminded by this dude on this stage of the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love for you. To reach out and experience its breadth. To test its lengths. To plumb its depths. To reach high to its highest. To live to the full lives, full in the fullness of God, which means When I feel fully separated from God, he said, I'm not, there's no way I could be closer to you than I am right now. When we see our past and we think, oh, it's so awful, so horrible. He says, oh, but in the midst of those moments, I loved you more than you could know. In the deepest, darkest times of our life, he reaches down, the Bible says, into the muck and the mire of our life and says, man, I'll get in the dirt and the filth with you. Why? Because I love you. Let go of the negative scripts of identity. Take hold of God's identity for you. But some of you also need to take hold of God's purpose for you. His purpose. Your why. Your why. Not because TED Talk made your why important, but because God created you with it. In Ephesians 2, we get this glimpse into the the heart of a creator for people like you and me. And it says this, for we are his workmanship. One translation says masterpiece. I like that word. I always have to convince the ladies that they are his masterpiece. All the men are like, yeah, I know. (laughs) That's right. About time nudging their wife. Like I told you, I'm a masterpiece. Look at this, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are a created masterpiece to him. Like an artist who paints 
and pours his heart and soul into his work and steps back and says, ah, that's my creation. That's who you are to him. But he doesn't just stop there. He says, to accomplish a good work, created for a good work which is prepared in advance, which means to accomplish something that no other human can. No human that lived before you nor any human that will come after you. You have a purpose that is unique to you. And if you don't know your why, man, we'll help you find it. It's why we exist as a church. It's why we do next steps every week, starting right now, today, during second and third service. We won't be able to point you in the direction of the exactness of your purpose, but we can get you started. I want you to take hold of God's identity for you. I also want you to take hold of God's purpose for you. And, and, and listen, take hold of the impact you were created to make. If you feel unqualified, well, consider yourself among the heroes of the faith. None, none of us are qualified. But the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1, but God has selected for his purpose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Why? Revealing their ignorance. And God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Why? Revealing their frailty, which means no matter how qualified you feel or disqualified you feel, God wants desperately to use your life to make an impact. It's time. Time to let go. Time to take hold. And can I just add, it's time for hope. Listen, it's time for hope. It's time to step up, to change, to become, to begin, to believe. Life's going to look a little bit different than it has before. We're letting go of the negative scripts in our life. We're taking hold of God's promises for us. So let's throw a little hope in the mix. Let's put a little hope in. What does that mean? That I'm shifting my thoughts from what I thought was an undesirable life to what I believe is going to be an unbelievable life. That that's God's heart and hope for me. In Ephesians 3, he says, we're reading Ephesians all day today. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably. You know what that word means? You can't measure it. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. What does that mean? That God wants to do beyond what you can even conceive. You can't even measure it. We limit how God works so often. We have a perfect picture of what we think our perfect life would look like. And God's going, that's great, but what I have is way better. In fact, it goes beyond what you could ask. The things that you write down or pray believing that God's going to do, the things that you've stopped writing down and praying or stopped praying for because you're tired of hoping for something and being disappointed. And God's like, but wait, I'm still doing something beyond what you could ask or imagine, beyond your wildest dream. Look at me in the eyes. I just wonder who in this room just needs to be reminded it's time to hope again. What, what's, what, what, what's the dream that you've allowed to die? Maybe you didn't allow it. Maybe life beat you up and you got tired of dreaming. 
And you, you talk to a, a sophomore, junior, senior in high school. What, what do you want to do? Who, who do you want to become? And I want to go here. This is what I want to do. And I want to make this. And this is what I want to do for a living. And they tell you their dreams and their hopes, the college, the degrees. And then we round the corner of 25 and 28 and 38 or 48 or 58. And, and you ask people the same questions. And really the answer is boiled down. I just want to survive. Go to bed on time. And, just make it. I just wonder maybe if you're here today because God wants to re-energize and awaken that dream within you. What, what have you stopped dreaming for? What have you stopped hoping for? Maybe you just settled into your marriage being as good as it gets. We just never seem to change. It just seems to be this way. And you stop praying and and working on things, and you're just like, I, maybe this is as good as it gets, and God's like, that's cool and all, but I think it can be awesome. Maybe you're praying for somebody who, who right now is running from God, not towards Him, and it's breaking your heart, or maybe you just had a place of hopelessness. And I think maybe you're here today because God wants to remind you it's time to hope. We hope for things we can't see and touch and feel. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called hope. What are you hoping for? What are you dreaming for? Hey, look at me. Stop living a marginalized life. Stop settling for mediocre. You were created for greatness. It's time to dream again. He's going to turn things around. He's going to do the miracle. He's going to give you a victory. And when he does, let's throw some hope at some people around us. Just a moment ago, I shared some stories of some giants in the faith at the Movement Church, they, things that they've walked through that are just unbelievable stories, and we hear that. And inside of us, when we hear that other people struggle or have negative scripts that are similar to ours, we, we, we no longer feel alone, but it does something else too. It, it conjures up, it creates, it elicits this thing of hope on the inside that if they've made it, maybe I can too. And it all happened because they simply shared their story and I just wonder whose unbelievable life is on the other side of your story it's just time to hope again it's time to let go of the things holding you back it's time to hold on to the promises of God it's time to hope again how many of you would say you know what I need some hope in my life just be honest would you raise your hand I want to pray for us me too anyone else me too can I pray for us God, I just thank you that you're doing something in this place. I don't know what you're up to, and I don't know the stories that will come out of this room in the future, but I believe that you're doing the miraculous right now. You're reminding, you're re-energizing, you're awakening the dreams, the hopes for the future. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to let go of the negative scripts, to cling on to your promises. But God, above everything else, I pray you'd help us to hold on to the hope that's found only in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, let me just take a minute and talk to some of you in this room who actually need to begin 
the journey with Jesus. Can I just boldly tell you that if you don't know Jesus, you, you don't know hope. You can try and do everything in your, in your energy and in your strength to find and conjure up hope, but real hope is found in him. And there's a starting point. But listen, I'm not trying to trick you into being a member of the movement church. I'm not even talking about church membership. I'm just talking about beginning with him. And can I encourage some people in the room? You, you wouldn't think this. I, I'm not qualified to be a pastor. I'm not qualified to stand here because of the darkness of my past. I was raised in the church. My parents were pastors. I married a preacher's girl. I've been inundated and surrounded by Christianity, surrounded by the concept and the notion of Jesus. But I lived an entire life where I didn't actually know him. And I found if you plot a course towards evil, you'll find it real quickly. If you knew the facets and the details of my story, you would know I don't deserve to stand here except for the fact that Jesus paid a price nobody else can. The Bible says that God gave us his son who willingly climbed on a cross to pay the price for humanity's sin and shame. And I like to personalize it, not just humanity, but for my sin and shame. And I don't deserve it, but he chose me before anyone else could reject me. And he chose you too. And there's a starting point, and it is not belonging to a church. That's a great thing. And it's not eradicating your past, because you can't. And you don't have to. It's just choosing him. And some of you in this room, it's terrifying to me. You've not begun that journey with him. And that's the reason you're here today. You just didn't know it. It's time for you to begin with Jesus. And look at me. Some of you in this room have been playing with your faith. And you've been acting like I did so many years ago. You may have prayed a prayer, been involved in a church, but you've been running from him. And today is your day to come running back. And the great news about Jesus is the Bible says he stands at the door of our heart knocking. He never stops in the darkest times and the greatest times. When we feel like we need him, when we feel like we don't. And he says, man, if you're ready, you open the door and I'm there. So in a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to begin this journey or begin again for the first time in a long time with no embarrassment to you. Nobody else has to know. But right where you're seated in the quietness of your own heart, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I wanna challenge you, make this prayer your own and repeat it after me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, nobody looking around? Everyone in this room, heads bowed, eyes closed. Those of you in the family room, those of you listening online, if you're here and you need to begin that journey for the first time or the first time in a long time, make this prayer your own. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I want to hope again. I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? I've been trying this on my own and it's not working. And just make this statement yours. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. 
Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.